0: This is Jan Cox, talk number 2,599, recorded November 1st, 2000. For those of you who were not here last time, I want to mention again that I had, f- seemed to me that of late I had been spending a lot of time making introductory remarks along the lines that what I was going to talk about on that night <clears throat> I considered to be a practical value and that I wanted to. I assure you that I found it to be such and was presenting it as such and not as simply talk and theory and verbal entertainment. Uh, I'm going to try and stop it is why I bring it up, because I'm to the point that all I can talk about is what I enjoy talking about. And what I enjoy talking about is what I have enjoyed discovering or making up, according to how smart you are. Same thing. And the only thing I find really enjoyable anymore is that which to me has been useful. Well, I don't have to weed it out. It's just everything now that strikes me to me is useful. Uh, as everyone obviously knows, it is not my intention to impress anyone intellectually, you people or anyone else. Uh, what I, my only purpose is I would like to see you get as much enjoyment or Slice benefit out of all this as I have. Because you know that uh, it's all turned out to be of value, practically speaking, to me. Uh, even when I say that, there's no way to defend that. There's no way to prove it. I couldn't take anybody, if I wanted to, take anybody out of life and in some way show them my life Make them hang around me or to look at me or in some way for me to say, having spent my life spending most of my time, more time involved with this than anything else besides actually sleeping at night, I guess. There's no way I could say this has not been some theoretical exercise. This has been a value and I'll show you. I couldn't show them, but it has been to me. Uh, and the word practical is the only thing that is of practical use to try and employ. But I would assume, like everyone, at least I can speak for myself, when I, as soon as I started and found some books about this, I, I was already quite well impressed that what I was was asleep. And that what I need to do was to. Observe myself what i need to do was to be able to remember myself what i had need to do was to be able to not let my consciousness get so involved so identified with my own thoughts and passions that i ceased to exist as an individual conscious person as soon as i read about all that i went yes and that went for years and years and years reading all i could wondering how do you do it I mean, I thought I knew how to... Well, you obviously know how to do it because what it seemed like, well, all you've got to do is stop your thoughts, stop your consciousness from wandering. Okay? I can stop it right this second. But then I get distracted. Then I forget about it. So to me, for a long time, like obviously everyone else on this planet, most people never get past this. point. <clears throat> my picture for a long time of being awake, being enlightened, would be that I would be in a special state and that the state would be to where I would be conscious since I already had those kinds of experiences that I knew that that's what mystics have been talking about throughout the years, To where I would be conscious and thoughts would not be the problem. They would either stay, stand still or else they were just not the problem if they were still wandering about then you were in a state of consciousness that was so unnaturally stabilized. It was like a whole new construction of consciousness somewhere in the brain over here that now finally stopped and was always on duty, was always on call, was stable, that seemed to have its own existence outside of thought. To me, that was what being awake surely would be, that the episodes I'd had that would last at most maybe for 48 hours or so would be the permanent state, and that's what surely everyone meant by being awake. I'm now, from my view, know better. Being awake, being enlightened, is finally realizing what's going on. It's not a state. It's a realization. Then after that, it's like cleanup time. You come along and trying to mop up after yourself, and I didn't realize it. Of late, last Number of years, everything that I have discovered, so to speak, in my own brain or made up, my own model of what I realized, that's the only thing to which I can attribute the change that I feel, that and age, but you have to ignore that or else you just wait around and think, well, if if I'm interested and I get old enough, hell, I'll be awake, I'll understand it all. No, I can't see it that way either. But I was saying, uh, I don't bring up these models, and I don't talk to you, and I don't write anymore to make anyone, to impress anyone intellectually. In fact, that's a curious thing. Well, when people write me or email me now and will immediately begin to try and blow smoke up my ass. Well, I don't. Well, I didn't mean that they were glaringly ass liquors to start with. But the people who are right and the purpose is them going to great detail about how intelligent I am. Now, we're not speaking about me. We're speaking about understanding what life's about. But here's another absolutely curious well, absolutely anomalistic from ordinary views, from the ordinary mind. Anyone who's impressed with my intelligence. That will bring it up. That they if they verbalize it, I immediately dismiss them. I immediately lose all interest because I immediately understand that their intelligence is not up to the level where they may even talking to them or responding based upon them noting how intelligent they consider me to be. Does anybody get it? That if anybody... Now, let me, let me make it clear. If they verbalize it, you know, if they don't, who knows? But anyone who takes the effort to write me or to tell me in person how impressed they are, that I must be you know, so intelligent, so awake, all that, I just, to me, lose all interest. Because I understand that they're not intelligent, not in any sense of the word. But what really made it interesting to me after I realized that was going on, that that was my attitude and I understood why, it's not something personal, it's that I understand how life is. And that anyone who would say, boy, I'm impressed with how intelligent you are, they are not intelligent. They are severely, as far as my purposes in life of using intelligence, that they're not worth talking to. I've got nothing to tell them except, well, God bless you. Thanks a lot. You know, Be sure and keep in touch. But what really makes it interesting to go off is to look at that same thing, which I do with everything, is internally to me. Because there are parts of your own thinking that's impressed with other parts of your thinking. I've tried to bring this up to you before, but maybe I didn't have the right context. You're certainly impressed. I'm certainly impressed. I'll use it that way. I was always impressed with those thoughts, those ideas I had, that area of my consciousness that wanted to awaken But now I'm stuck with, after I realize it with everybody else, because it's never any different inside my head. Never, ever. If you ever think, well, this is one time that it's different. I see what's going on in life, but that's not exactly what's going on in my brain. Slap yourself. Put your head in the toilet, quick, because you're wrong. It's always the same. If it wasn't always the same, it wouldn't be like it is out there. So then, now I'm confronted, or you're confronted, if you're following me, with the fact That those ideas, those areas of consciousness, but those ideas, those thoughts I have that impress me, if you take what I just said, they shouldn't. There's something very curious. Let me try to explain it another way, again. And seeing this, I can describe it, but when I saw it for myself. It had an effect. I wouldn't bring it up. It's not just interesting verbal mishmash that I can come up with. It wasn't to me. After going years and years and years, before I really began to study the thing that I was studying, which I consider the turning point, to quit studying the idea of, well, I'm asleep and I'm trying to awaken is to study that, what I just said. And, of course, the real turning point is when it hit me that I had no idea what it meant. That was one of the happiest days of my life. I felt like I had lost at least 200 pounds of ugly fat, (laughs) as they used to say, that I had been relieved of a mask, of a vice around my brain, of blinders, of hobbles, of a hair shirt and matching socks (laughs) I realize and of course simultaneously I realize no one I have ever listened to even in books no one understood what they were talking about it was like I'd been born again to use good old fundamentalist religious terminology It was a little like I was getting started all over to realize, well, I have no idea what the term means. Because by then I thought, well, hell, I've studied everything else to death. I've worn it out. I've missed something. At least it's getting boring. It's getting frustrating. And here it was starting all over. It was like every book I owned, every thought I'd ever had about this was wiped out in a delicious fire. Gone. I realized. Well, I don't understand any of this. I was so happy. I almost smiled. You look out at life. You look out at the grandest projects that man can engage in: the building of the of the Hoover Dam, the trade centers, towers, the Taj Mahal, the space station. You look at things that are absolutely astounding in size and scope, the nature of them, the space station. If you came back to life after you had died 100 years ago, 500 years ago, as long as we've had a history of man, it would be astounding to realize that we now have a floating colony orbiting around the earth, people living in it. It's astounding. The scope of it, the size of the thing. And yet, what does it all come from? It comes from that one little area in our brain that produces conscious thought. That something as huge as the World Trade Centers, the Twin Towers, it all originated from something. I don't know if we unraveled the cortex of the brain based upon figures I've read and then turned out the part that probably the conscious thought, the kind was spatial, the ability to abstract spatially. In other words, what would take to Design to engineer such a building? You know, I don't know. They claim the whole cortex, I think, would fit on a card table if it was unru- you know, unfolded and pressed out with an iron. I don't know who's going to volunteer to have theirs. <laughs> so if that be true, then I don't know. We're just figuring an area, maybe the size of your hand. But at any rate, it's from that, without any doubt, that it was from that, everything that's in the World Trade Center, the Taj Mahal, the Great Wall of China, the Hoover Dam, the space station, it all came from something no bigger at most than the size of a top of a table. And I figured maybe the size of your hand. It came from that. That something that small can absolutely be responsible, not theoretically and not partially, but that this one small area, this one small thing is the sole source of all information, all the ideas, all of the theories behind all of the equations, all of the understanding of the so-called, quote, laws of physics. It all came from that one small area and produced the World Trade Center, the Great Wall of China, the space station. But what it cannot do and what trying to awaken is. Everything that bugs humanity and bugs people like us in a special way is that thing is trying to construct something larger than itself, which it can do outside of itself, as we just been through. That that one little area can construct, not physically, of course, but it was totally responsible for the construction, the planning and the construction of the World Trade Center or the Space Station or the Great Wall of China. When it turns on itself and it tries to achieve enlightenment, it tries to awaken to another state of consciousness, or even I used to use this term very more commonly than I did awaken, was to expand one's consciousness. I don't think that... By any means, I don't remember making up that term, but that was the one that I used for many, many years to myself and in my writings, was not awaken or achieve enlightenment, was the expansion of consciousness. For some reason, that hit me early on that that was, to me, that was the functional term, an expansion of consciousness. So you've got this little thing, the size of your hand or whatever it is, and it's going to expand itself using what now remember now we're inside in an intangible world it is not it being able to plot and make a man's hands and arms go over and pick up a shovel and start digging then make his hands start drawing out blueprints then later make his hands and his back start mixing mortar laying brick welding steel into place operating large cranes and heavy earth-moving equipment, now his consciousness, the neurons in his brain, only have themselves to push around. They don't have muscles. They're not dealing with tangible objects. So now they speak of, through my brain, through my thoughts, they make me speak of, I want to expand my consciousness. I want to enlarge it. I want to expand its scope so that it knows more of what's going on in life. It's... You think it's you saying it, and you've got to remember it's thoughts saying it, and thoughts are being made to say it by that, own, that one little area in your brain. But it has now taken a task not to build a physical building. It has taken a task to expand itself. Not to take the World Trade Center and add 10 more stories to it, Or to buy some property next door, maybe, and bring the two towers together. Fill them in in the middle and make it one large to expand it. It is not expanding something physically. It is not expanding something that is physical, other than the brain's there. But consciousness, as we know, is not something tangible. Thoughts are not tangible. You cannot lay a thought out on a table. You can't weigh it. You can't measure it. You can only measure its results if it is dealing in the physical world. But when it's dealing in the non physical world, what is there to measure and what is it what is it for what can it do? Because it only has itself. It has no mortar, it has no bricks. Consciousness only has whatever consciousness consists of. And now it says, you think it's you saying it, but consciousness now says I want to expand my consciousness. When it says it in a man, the man is saying, Well, I'm going to struggle to awaken. I'm going to go study. I will go read. I will involve myself in appropriate disciplines if I find them. But it is consciousness, something that cannot move, something that is not tangible, something that has no tangible materials at hand. It is saying that it is going to make itself larger. It is going to expand itself, make itself higher wider heavier how can that be how is that possible literally when you think about it i can even make it simpler i guess you can see it for yourself easy enough neurons can't move the brains in our cells cannot get up and move around how are they going to expand themselves where are they going now, if you got really slick, I guess, that is, if you were really a dunce, you could say, well, that's what education's about. That's what superior knowledge, new understanding's about. Because the brain cells really can't move and they can't get any larger, but it's the knowledge they possess that it gets larger and it gets larger. And that's the way consciousness, quote, expands itself. That that is what awakening would be. That's a better description. That one's viable. That one's possible. That something that does not exist, we will continue to add to it. And the results will be. Would somebody help me out here? I I mean, I guess I'm stupid. We're taking something that does not exist, has no tangible reality whatsoever, can produce results if thoughts can get somebody in the physical world to help them, such as muscles, their plans can have an effect on the physical world if physical action is taken. If consciousness, if thoughts have turned on themselves to study themselves, to improve themselves, to have any effect on themselves whatsoever, but we'll assume that the effect a person would seek would be what they consider to be a desirable effect, a desirable change. If they are turning on themselves, they have no muscles, they can't move themselves. And they're dealing with the only materials they have to deal with, remember, are thoughts, which are powerful as hell if thoughts can get somebody to take overt physical action. It has to be some action taken. A man cannot sit around and dream up a skyscraper, the world's first skyscraper and how to get down to bedrock and all that. If he just sits there and it's in his head, and that's all, we would never know about it. It certainly wouldn't get built. The thought has to make somebody, get somebody, something to take physical action in the physical world, or else thoughts are nothing. They're words in the air. When thoughts turn on themselves... What are they going to use? How are thoughts going to change thoughts? When I first started running across this, in case it doesn't hit you this way, I would assume it would. It never did scare me, but it used to just, I don't know what to say. It kind of got me a little. I thought, well, what I'm doing is I'm about to run the string out on this whole affair. I've had enough experience. I know exactly what the world's mystics and the Buddhas and everybody meant by being awake. I know exactly what it is. And although I never used try I didn't ever use terms even to myself that, well, now I'm awake, now I'm enlightened. But I just understood what was going on in life, which I, you know, I can't tell you. Just things that, well, I can tell you. Look around. Look around, don't think about it. And that's the secret of life. But I, you know, what can I tell you? If I tell you anything, I'm sticking my finger in your eye. At any rate. So in the sense of being enlightened, I understood what was going on. I had no more questions about what was going on. My question was, why can't I stay in that steady state? Why can't I stay in that stabilized state? And the more I began to pursue the kinds of intellectual lines that I talk about now with you, for a while I thought, well, what I'm doing is... Without planning it, what I'm about to do, it seems to me, is I'm about to run the string out on this whole affair. I'm about to run it into the ground. I'm about to run it down a dead-end street. I'm about to run this thing down a dead-end street, corner it, run up against it, maybe with a... Throw myself against it and smash it. Maybe finally just smash the thing into nothingness. Which, like I said, I don't know what to tell you. It was sort of disturbing. I thought, well, I'm about to destroy a lifetime of activity. I'm I'm about to destroy everything I ever talked about. That wasn't a word either, but, but I couldn't stop. And that's when it finally hit me that I was really studying what I had been studying. I was studying the thing I thought I'd been studying. That, yeah, I knew what being awake was. I had, there was no doubt. Anytime I hear somebody write about from Buddha on down to some small-time penny-hustling guru, but from the Buddhas of the world, that kind of thing. Talking about being awake, I knew what they meant. I had no doubt. Talking about being enlightened, I knew what they meant. But then I realized, I do not know what this the statement means to say that I am awake. I don't know what it means That wasn't the one that got me. I realized I don't know what it means to say I'm asleep. But then it simultaneously, as I said, hit me. As far as I'm concerned, anyone who ever wrote, man is asleep, didn't know what they meant. Because if you actually knew what you meant, I see it now. Well, I was going to say you wouldn't have ever said it. You might have said it, but it would have been in, there'd been some follow-up. It would have been like, all right, I'm going to tell you, everybody's asleep. But now let me tell you this: I don't know what that means. But see, they never said that because it wouldn't have done any good when you start out. Because I didn't want to hear somebody say, "Man is asleep," because as soon as I read that, I thought, "Yes." But hell, I wasn't. I did not want. And I look back now. I certainly would not have been happy if it said, "Man is asleep," but through certain efforts can break out of that state and awaken. I mean, yes, 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 yes. God knows if I'd suddenly turn the page and this whoever it was and then that guy said, and by the way, I have no idea what that means. I've even thought back and I thought, can somebody kill a book? I thought if that had happened, would I have not wanted to leap at that book and grab it, find its neck and strangle the son of a bitch? Of course, that Not being possible, I assume I would have burned it or pissed on it or thrown it out a window and run over it in a car. I mean, who the hell wants to hear that? Thankfully, you could say, I never ran across that. And even after all this time, I still have never run across it. People simply say, well, man's asleep. Man's living in a dream. Man is living in a dark cave. His life is simply a shadow play. Yes, 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 yes. And I never hear them after whether it be a short, tithy description like man's asleep but could awake or if it's a long drawn out one. None of them ever finish and realize that at least they, I would assume that they assume that once this finds its proper audience, as soon as the kinds of people wired up similar to me, that is the author, they'll immediately go yes and recognize that this is what I've been looking for. But none of them, once they know that they have an audience similar to me, the right kind of people, then they never point out that which I now assume that they simply did not understand themselves. They did not go. They did not say, man is asleep, blah, 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 blah. By the way, I have no idea what that means. But that, I say, was a turning point. (laughs) I knew what being awake was see that was you got to understand there's a difference but I realized I don't know what being asleep is how can you it's your goddamn natural state and I thought that's not good enough of course I, this is all me talking to me nobody else told me this because at first I thought that's, that's it I felt so liberated I do not know what it means and I could stand there alone and even say it out loud Would anybody hear me? Could I actually admit this? I do not know what it means. I do not know what it means. Every time I said it, I felt better. If you lay in bed in the morning, I'll try it to you on you again. Let me put it to you this way. Here's a picture I haven't used on you. This one always, this still gets me. You wake up in the morning, there you are, and it's you. you. Wake up out of your dreams, and there you are, and you're conscious, and your eyes are open. And it's you. You is like this thing that thought has pushed up right up to the front of the brain. It's right up here, right up front of the... F- it's pushed it up there, you. Now, this is beyond me just saying you don't exist. And that's all illusion. That's easy to say, and I found it useful at one time. But it is much richer than that, what I have found to be richer pictures that gave me additional help, however it happened. I can feel it. I can see it. And I can't imagine why you can't if you tr- just try. You, you feel, you say, I always say you. Know, I refer to it as when you say I and myself. And, of course, much of this, much of this goes on without you saying it overtly, without you even saying it to yourself. You take what's going on in your head that is consciousness, that area of the brain that stays, that produces consciousness, that goes on day and night. That is your sensation of you, besides the body. We know we got the body, but it's like the body is just generally, without you analyzing it, It's like what you is stuck in, not necessarily in a negative sense, but you is simply in there and is in control, more or less. Most of the stuff in the body takes care of itself. It's self-regulated. You know, you don't have to think about your heartbeat and blood pumping. But the things that do require attention, the things that make life what it is for a human, the singular aspects of life are all tied to consciousness. Because the rest of our life of fucking and eating and sleeping and running around, you know, dogs. nothing wrong with it. But that is not what makes a human a human. It is what is going on right up here in the front of the head. I one day saw it. I still can get tickled over it. I could see almost a, I'm having to fatten up these pictures. But it's like I could almost see a little me not just me personally, but a little me, M-E, that the brain in that conscious area had conjured up and and gave it a push. Now picture like the frontal lobes, maybe like out in a Western movie. You know, you got up to a cliff and it's going down into a ravine. You don't know where, but it's just the edge of a cliff. Guy rides up to the edge of a cliff and looks off or he walks up there. To me, it was like the brain, the neurons had created this me and pushed it right up to the edge. It keeps it at the front of a battlefield. They, They enter into a city. It's like up to the edge of where life and me meet. And it's as though the brain has pushed this me right up there and it has nothing to go on. It has no competitors in your brain. But there it is, and it's me. It's like life is, it's like your brain is going, going out there. You can do it. Go on, go on. That's your job. And it pushes it out there, and it's standing right there in front. And I can feel it, literally. And you can look, you don't have to feel it yourself, but look at the way it operates, and it fits. What I'm describing, I say, is genuinely, spatially valid, physiologically. And we all know or neurology knows that that is where consciousness primarily resides, is in the frontal lobes. So, but I can feel it. and Surely you can too, that that's where thought seems to be going on, is right up here, right above your eyes, right up in the top of the forehead, right in there. But here it is, the brain has created this me, and has pushed it out there. And there it is. And under ordinary conditions, ordinary people, it does what I assume is an admirable job. We hadn't, I mean, look at life. We live better, eat better, blah, blah, blah. One day it hit me. It was one morning in bed to encourage you. That's still my favorite time. I have learned more. Think of the money I saved going around to monasteries and traveling the world looking for gurus. All I got to do is wake up a little bit earlier than I need to get up. And every mystical lesson, or most of the ones that's ever mad anything with me, happened right there. But at any rate, it hit me one morning that there it is, it's me. Here I'm conscious and I was already having important thoughts. And I know I've tried to describe this to you in other ways with a ventriloquist and a dummy and such as that, but physically... I don't know how I'm going to try, you notice know, so I'm already putting dramatic emphasis physically because I don't know how to go with this. But there it was like me, conscious me, whatever it was I was thinking, but just a general feeling of consciousness right up there in front of my, up there in the front of the brain. I suddenly turned around in my brain and looked and realized what was going on. The brain itself, the neurons in the brain, we won't go back any further into life itself, but just take it on a personal, the neurons in your brain, everyone's brain produces thoughts and the thoughts end up with a sense. They do other things. To me, obviously, just look around, it's up to you, but they obviously have a more specific purpose to help, it's just a survival tactic, it's but the other has been like a side effect. Or it's been an offshoot of it. I don't look at it any way you want to. The feeling of individuality. The feeling of a me inside of us. Of a person. A me. And this me exercises. As far as it can feel. An, an extraordinary amount of control. That me like I said, you got to remember this, that me can design and build a space station, a rocket, can send men to the moon, can build the Great Wall of China. That, it's that me. There is no doubt it exercises great control in a man's individual life for good and ill from his view. That that me has made me do things I regretted, but that me has also been the source of of everything that is a singular human pleasure. All of the reading I've done, music more or less, but all the things that make a human life unique, the things that give human existence joy beyond food and sex and relaxation. But beyond those, then everything else that is a singular, that is a human pleasure It's a result of that me standing right there in front. It exercises control to such a degree, you got to remember this, to such a degree that it can create destruction. That is the thoughts, the me, and it is the me, will become addicted to alcohol, to drugs, to smoking, to behavior that the body knows is destructive that the body will even resist that the first time you smoke or drink you throw up anyway you understand but the me has that kind of control that kind of power extraordinary that not only has the ability to exercise astounding control and power in the external world can cure diseases that were killing people ten years ago can build a rocket and send up and start building a city floating around there. Not only does it have that kind of control, it has such control that it can make you do damage to yourself. Or it can make you, turned on the positive side, can apparently make a man a genius. Can turn out a Beethoven, a Goethe, an Einstein. But one morning I woke up And my me turned around and looked and understood what a fraud this was. It has literally been conjured up by the neurons in the brain and pushed out there. And I simultaneously understood from one view. I'm sure I could come up with another one, but I still, I have never, after all this time, I've never tried to improve it myself. I still find it just right. I saw that the brain, the neurons that produce consciousness, when I'm saying the brain, that's what I mean, is that area. Obviously, had already done, produced thoughts to solve problems and to enhance our chances for survival. We all know, I assume you do by now, how little of your mental activity is so taken up. I even see this. I see the desire to awaken, as we call it, or to achieve enlightenment. I see it as the brain's realization. Now, remember, the brain, that neural, those neurons in that one area, they produce thoughts. They're the sole site of production. So in some way, the neurons, who knows at that level what they call it? You know, I can only use human language the neurons must have some knowledge of what they're doing. They're the ones producing thought. They're the ones producing thought. So they must have some sort of knowledge, awareness of what they're doing. Because they're doing it. And a creation is always inferior to the creator. So as intelligent as our thoughts are, enough, remember, to design and send out a space station, a floating city, Think how intelligent the neurons are behind thought. Literally. I mean, it can't be otherwise. Superior. There's no doubt. The designer of the trade towers is more intelligent than the towers. Because they flowed. They only exist. The World Trade Center only because of his mind, his thoughts. So the thoughts are superior to the creation. I'm getting, if you'll hang on, I'm still getting to a point I hadn't made yet. I see even the desire to awaken. The idea that a man would be more awake if he could self-remember, if he could be mindful, if he could continually observe himself, if he could always remember the name of God or the word watermelon. It's neurons. It's the brain the conscious part of the brain, realizing that when the thoughts that it produces, that it is responsible for, when those thoughts are not engaged in a specific problem solving, it realizes that they would be serving a better purpose if they would be still and calm and act as a sentry. That is all. I say all. I could come up with another description, but I still like this in my favorite. That is all trying to self-remember, sitting down meditating, trying to, going into the Zen area, that trying to eventually still the mind so that it's a perfect reflection of the objective world, the physical. All of that is the neurons in the brain realizing that the thoughts it produced, and it must be fairly sad anyway, that it does their job well. They can build a space station. They can discover how to anesthetize, anesthetize a person, perform <laughs> major surgery. So the neurons must be. Well, they're, they're always striving. But it, the neurons realize that most of the time, the thoughts we produce are engaged in meaningless activity. They're just fooling around. I mean, they are. But would it not be better? Because if there's one thing thoughts can do, they can be a sentry. And that's one way to look at part of their survival-enhancing abilities is they can take note of things, possible physical problems you're having, even before the body is manifesting a sensation. That the thoughts can look down at your leg and see that there is on your hand or somewhere. And there's a purple spot. That's getting, in fact, a little greenish in the middle. And yet it doesn't feel bad. But your thoughts can look down and go. That does not look promising. That should be seen to. They are. It is a great line of defense. Besides just being a great creator. Thoughts aren't; a, they are they are unique. Sight, hearing, touch can do all. You know, orients is primarily in the physical world. You can, well, I don't know whether primarily or not anymore. But anyway, they orient us, and other animals live just by those senses. But the brain, obviously, that area of the brain, obviously realizes besides being a problem solver, it is it can be alert. It can be a sentry, it can be an observer, it can be a reactionary device to the physical world that is unique unto itself. And if it would, when, when I don't have a job for it to do, when it's not engaged, when thoughts are not engaged in a specific survival-related problem solving, instead of them just fooling around, which I'll leave it to you, I challenge you, what are you going to call it? They're just messing around. If they would stop that, if they would just, when they're not busy, if they would be like a guard dog, instead of pacing back and forth or going at somebody, if nothing's going on, the dog just sits down. Thoughts would be better, we would all be better served, than instead of fooling around. I'm not sure that the neurons are small sports, but I can understand their view. If they would quit fooling around, they could be of more potential use even when they don't have a specific job. Because if a man was self-remembering, if a man was mindful, if a man was always remembering the name of God or a cantaloupe, all that, I've told you, I've pointed out, you surely should realize, it's all the same thing. It's trying to get that dog to quit tra- chasing after cars going by and to sit down. But I saw me, up the front of my brain, with all this power, And now I was in bed, and it has the power to make me get up. That's still one of my favorites. I don't know whether I pointed this out to you before. If you want to see the power of the mind, you wake up in the morning, you know how good the bed feels. Me, up in the front of your brain, your me, looks over at the clock, sees the time, and that little me can make your body get up out of bed, whereas if that me wasn't there, you would not get up. It has that power. So there I was, with that power, glancing at the clock, realizing, well, I can lay here and (coughs) think for a few minutes. And suddenly, the me, right up there at the... It's in the principal position. It is in the forefront. It is right at the edge of consciousness, is me that kind of control over my life and suddenly that me looked around it is being manipulated I mean this can't be a great discovery in fact any neurologist or anybody I guess I could describe it this way if anybody's following me I'd be a lot briefer we would go yeah it's a shame people miss so much by going with ordinary people yeah so what's the point the brain has after producing thoughts as sort of a side effect produced me and pushed it out there and the son of a bitch you know it's a little more in a sense than uh, captain peach fuzz with that plastic you know, steering wheel and a suction cup stuck against a wall if everybody gets my that believes he's in charge There's more validity than that except for this. He's still been pushed out there and every string is being pulled by something behind him. Something that does not talk and something that is not me. It may, now that I put it this way, to you, you may be sitting there right now going, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, If you see it, it'll floor you. Unless you're laying down already and it'll make you stand up unless you get as good as me I can feel so excited I won't stand up but if I'm in bed I'll go ahead and lay down I'll stay (laughs) down took a lot of practice but (laughs) I can manage to have flashes of extreme enlightenment and yet not arise out of bed I know that some of you maybe I'm a professional (laughs) maybe you need more experience There is something absolutely, or at least I found, and I can't believe you'd be otherwise, liberating on top of liberation to realize that me, not really, I don't know where I'm going with this verbal. I don't know how to tell you this. I didn't feel any less. I don't feel like I am a puppet. I don't feel like that this me is a stooge. I don't feel like it's a dummy. But it is not what you feel it to be. And once you see it. I mean, you're just astounded that you never realized it. It is not what it seems to be. It has simply been conjured up and pushed out there on stage and going, well, you take care of this. Now, I was going to spend more time, but why not throw in the last five minutes? I can see in a quite real way what. A specific use that those neurons have made, maybe had originally in mind for all I know, but what use they have made of the me. It is as though they had conjured up the me out of the thoughts, the sense of me in everybody. You understand why I'm saying me? I don't mean me personally. From your view, your sense of me, of yourself. That it has this me. Which humans now take as being themselves. You got to remember that. Because the brain. Those neurons have done more. Than just conjured up this thought. Because me. Is now a different. Qualitatively speaking. Me. Now is a different. In a, a different level. It's a different category of thought. Than skyscraper. Or MRI machine. That me is in a special qualitative category. It's as though the neurons had produced this me and sent it out in man to make man study thoughts, which is why I'm saying you look back over your shoulder, to make man study thoughts, and thus consciousness, that is neurons, gain a knowledge of themselves. I can see it as clear. If i made that too complicated, I'll try it real bluntly. Well, straightforward. Blunt's maybe not the word, but I see us trying to awaken. I see all thoughts of men, not just us. I see thoughts as the brain's attempt to get men to get out and study thoughts and thus indirectly the information because they're behind it all and they're back there and they're collecting the information because they're trying to learn about themselves. And they're doing it by pushing a me out there, and especially with people like us, to believe, well, I want to be awake, I want to be enlightened. What you want to do is understand what thoughts are, and that's what the brain wants. It's not you wanting to awaken, it's that area of your brain wanting to. You can sit there now and go, oh, yeah, yeah. Nah. If you see it, it'll knock you down or make you stay down. It is. It is the neurons in an area of my brain to say, "Oh, well, I'd give anything to be more awake, or I'd give anything to know what it is. I'd give anything a man says." For anyway, when you start, I, I would do anything. I'll give up my life as it is and travel around the world if somebody can show me how that I could self-remember all the time, if they could show me how I could stop thought or calm the mind to where it did not interfere with my clear, objective perception of reality, I would do anything for that. That's not a man saying that. It's not a me and a guy's brain saying that. That is his brain saying that. It's not his personality. That's the neurons in his brain. They produce thought, and again, take away aside for a second that thought serves as a just another tool in our arsenal of survival forget that for the moment other than that realize the rest of the time is it's doing something fooling around playing around but i'm saying it's more than that i'm saying it's the playing around the fooling around the aspects of being asleep and identified and out of control all of it is the neurons making man through thought, and I'm saying making men, they don't make us do it physically necessarily. They're making the me, is what I mean by men, is they have now got us doing their work for them. And I don't mean that as an attack, and I don't mean it to be sarcastic, but there's no other way to put it. They have produced, through thought, a me, then pushed it out there, and they got now me. More than anything in the world, I wouldn't understand what is being asleep. What, is, what actually was the experiences of being not asleep? Why do I want to be a... Why, why am I all involved with this? What the hell does it mean? That's not me saying that. I mean, it gets strange. <laughs> Maybe when you hear it. That's my brain saying that. That's neurons in an area of my brain saying that. They're the ones wanting to awaken. They're the ones wanting to achieve enlightenment. And we are doing the work for them. And again, I don't, don't get hung on, I don't mean that as a smart-ass throwaway comedy line. And what's it going to do? I point to you again, neurons can't move. They can't get outside your head. They don't have muscles. They produce thoughts. Then thoughts, as invisible and intangible as they are, they can have results out in the world, physical results. The brains, your neurons can look over there at a piano or at a table an automobile engine that you rebuilt. Your neurons can look, or let's say that table, and realize that table was a pile of wood this morning. The neurons. To themselves can say, I designed that. I had a picture in my head of a star-shaped table. I pictured the uh, top being set at an angle to the five-sided, and I pictured it as being green and purple, and the edges painted black to where it looks. I pictured all that. And, of course, the man says, well, I built this today but the neurons are looking and they realize that that is a product of me had it not been for me thinking about this and picturing it the man would never build it any more than a chimpanzee would ever build a table or a dog ever would when thoughts turn their attention on themselves and those neurons did what are they going to do to begin with they didn't know what to do obviously but they certainly wouldn't do them any good to tell a man's hand to, hey, get a hacksaw and cut off the top of my head and put your, put your fingers down here in my brain and kind of you know, mess about and see if something happens. See if maybe it makes me realize where I came from or maybe it'll wake me up. Maybe I, we will be enlightened if you'll cut off the top of the skull and maybe stick a screwdriver down here and kind of jab it around. Silly. They had thoughts. Turn into a me in every man. And then especially a few of us then had the me. Of course, as I said, I can see it operating in everybody to varying degrees. The same goal to try and get men when they're off duty, when their thoughts are not on duty, so to speak, to get their thoughts to really investigate. What the hell am I doing? What am I thinking? What are thoughts? And it all eventually comes back to where it started. The source. That the brain makes me want to wake up. So that the brain cells can figure out what they are. Now I'm just putting words on. Who knows why they're doing it? <laughs> well, there are obvious things you can, or there are things you can say that obviously fit circumstance. We all want to know where we came from. All humanity always wants to know what's Where do we come from? They're always making up stories and you know, what's our true nature and blah blah blah. And so it's just easy to say, well. It, At some level, that must be what the cells are up to. That they are trying to find their own story of creation. And so they, through thought, then they've had the me's of life. The men create stuff like Genesis and the Old Testament and all these other stories. But yet, what they must be getting out of it is much more subtle. Because the further it gets away from the source, the cruder it gets. The grosser it gets. So when it gets back to them, what they're getting has got to be more refined in the same way that I say a more awakened mind, I can see what I mean, that I can see metaphorically, and I know that many of you can too. You can look at things that other people say, well, this is going on in life, and that's not what I see. I know what they mean, but I see a metaphor. I see an allegorical something going on. That is, I see in my brain the same thing going on that everyone else is concerned with. This is happening out there amongst humans. People are fighting and arguing over this and that. Now I realize. Wait a minute! The same thing's going in my brain. I marvel. I don't know what else to do. But I just sort of marvel. It's no big deal. At what kind of refined allegorical lesson? See, I see all of life as an allegory. Let's put it that way. My neurons see my allegories as allegories. <laughs> I don't know how I'll ever know it. Of course, that gets funny. I must know it already. But how am I going to know I know it? And then I can say, well, whatever you know, that's all they know. That's when you think, well, I know what, I'll quit for the night talking. I'm not at all satisfied with what I tried to say about the me up front, but if you will try it. It has nothing to do with being outsmarted, and it's got nothing to do with, um, it's not a criticism of our brain or of life or of anything but the, the me that is you of consciousness, picture it that it's been pushed out on a stage, pushed out, and it is the spokesman, it is the spin doctor, it is the sentry. It's just, it's the front man for our neurons. Specifically, it's named the front man, it is indirectly, but I was going to say it's named the front man for us physically. Because when push comes to shove, your body does the pushing and shoving. When it gets down to do or die, that's when your muscles, your fists come into play. So you can't really say that the neurons, that to me is the real spokesman for you and Toto. Not when it gets down to survival levels. But the rest of the time, it is the spokesman. It is what appears to be you, me, and everybody else. But it is not in control. It has no control whatsoever. It is a front man. The neurons in your brain just as sure as hell. I can feel it. I can't believe that you can't. I can see it. Through thought, they conjured this up and pushed him out there. This imaginary figure of me and pushed him out there and given him all kinds of power. But remember, the power is all flowing from the neurons, from thoughts, to there, to me. And if you look over and see it, it is a great liberation. And it gets, it stops all kind instantly. It stops all sorts of complaints that you have with me, that is yourself. Some that you're aware of, but many, trust me, that you're not. You're just dissatisfied with it. Well, is witnessed by the fact you're here. I'm not awake enough. I could be more awake. I could be, my consciousness could be more under my control. I could be more enlightened. I mean, there's things I I just could. Okay. But it's a great liberation to realize what that means. Because you don't. That was the intro. That was not what I was going to talk about when I got here, so. (laughs) (laughs) Try again next time. I'll try to get to the topic. (laughs) (laughs) That concludes this talk. Be sure to visit us at JanCox.com where you can search through 3,000 talks for topics of interest or just leave us a message.